When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, Milwaukee Bucks fans. Welcome to the Bucks and Six podcast. My name is Stephen Dorf, and alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Hershey Winkleman. Check us out on social media. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Bucks and Six FFSN. And then leave a rating or review on Spotify or Apple. Really helps us out. Uh, but with that being said, uh, after one of the most hyped up Bucks or uh, off seasons in you know our history, we finally got to see you know our new acquisition of Damian Lillard take the court with two-time MVP, Finals MVP Giannis Antetokounmpo, and you know their debut leads to a win. Uh, Bucks beat the Lakers, uh, you know, albeit without LeBron James, but still like we got to see you know just a little taste of what you know this season is going to truly bring. Hirsch, did it like feel real? Like did. What were, you know, your thoughts on just seeing Damian Lillard in a Bucks jersey for the first time? Yeah, well, I can I can confidently say uh, just right off the bat that I've never been so excited to ever watch a Bucks preseason game. Uh, there's never been a preseason matchup ever in my life where I'm like, I got to turn off football to put this on my TV, uh, like regular season football to put that on the TV just to watch, you know, a game that doesn't really actually matter. It's just like you want to see the guys, you know, out there uh, mixing it up. Uh, obviously, you know, it was really crazy to see a guy who I don't think any of us ever dreamed would like necessarily make it to the Bucks and like be on the Bucks, play with Giannis. Like it, it was incredible to watch. Uh, you know, he did look slightly rusty just to start off the game, but you know, it's it's understandable. He, you know, kind of hasn't really been training with the Portland Trailblazers all off season because you know he's been working out on his own. Uh, and then this was his first real like actual play. And so we got to, we got to see it, uh, mixed in a couple of really nice plays. Uh, I'm super excited. Never been so excited for a Bucks season, you know, maybe since we won that championship. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I just think the hype is real. This team is going to be scary and I'm not sure how much opposing defenses are necessarily going to be able to stop us. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I just want to bring up like, you know, people talk about, you know, the potential of a Giannis and Dame pick and roll. And we, you know, we finally got to see that for the first time. Uh, it looked really effective when they ran the pick and roll. I mean, we saw it ran about eight times, you know, we, if we could count and then it generated open looks, what, six out of the eight times. And, you know, the other times just were based off of decision-making, which I think is a chemistry problem because, you know, these are all, this is a a completely new Milwaukee Bucks team that we're looking at. So 
I think a lot of it was chemistry that for the looks that didn't work and for the shots that didn't go in, I mean, they were open looks and, you know, those shots will, you know, you'd expect those to fall with the talent we have in the regular season. But yeah, the pick and roll was, you know, the first thing I really wanted to talk about with you, Hirsch, was I thought that's that was going to be, you know, our main point of attack. And I, you know, you specifically were telling me about some plays that you saw in there that really caught your eye. Yeah. I mean, I, I liked the fact that, you know, they were running that horns action with uh, Brooke Lopez and Dame uh, at the free throw line, setting screens for each other. And then Giannis was bringing the ball up as the primary ball handler. Uh, Dame would then flash the three, uh, three point line for an open three. Giannis would pass it to Brooke and cut through the middle. Uh, one of those times it led to, uh, you know, uh, an open three on the side. And the other time it led to a wide open dunk for Giannis down the lane. Uh, that play, I think, is going to be utilized a ton this year, as well as the pick and roll. And, you know, like you mentioned, uh, playing against the Lakers, they didn't have LeBron, but they did have Anthony Davis out there. And he is, you know, one of the best defensive big men, if not, you know, a top two defensive big men in the league. He's able, he's been, he's been defending pick and roll since, you know, for 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 about a decade now in the in the NBA, he he knows what he's doing, um, and the fact that you know the Bucks were able to you know make that still look good, make it still look effective against a caliber of player like Anthony Davis. I mean, we we get it; it's the preseason. You know, these guys might not be necessarily trying their one hundred percent hardest, but I definitely it definitely showed a lot of promise, especially you know debuting it against a guy like Anthony Davis. I just can't – I can't imagine how effective it's going to be against slower bigs that can't necessarily keep up with either the guard or the roller. Yeah, and not just Anthony Davis. I mean, the Lakers as a team are a really tall, lengthy, athletic team, especially on the defensive side of the floor with guys like Torian Prince and Rui Hachimura, Anthony Davis. So to see that work against a team as good – you know, a team as good defensively as the Lakers – that's very promising. And then, you know, the next thing I really wanted to touch on with Dame specifically was his defense. Cause I know a lot of people had concerns, you know, with Dame's ability to play defense and losing Drew Holiday, you know, being the defensive stopper that Drew was for us. But I thought, you know, obviously Dame will not be Drew Holiday on defense, just like Drew Holiday can't be Dame on offense. So you get that trade off. But Dame, I thought, looked pretty solid on defense, you know, for what he's going to give you. His hands were really active. He got a couple, you got a steal if I remember, and then that led to a Giannis fast break dunk. So, I mean, as long as Dame is, you know, putting effort out there on the defensive, you know, side of the ball, I mean, that's all you can really ask for him, Hirsch. I mean, is there anything, you know, defensively that stood out to you? Well, yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, he Dame himself touched on it, you know, in his preseason press conference where, you know, he was talking about the fact that, you know, it, it's a lot about effort and experience defense in the NBA and the fact that, you know, he's been around the NBA for so long. He knows he kind of knows where to go defensively. And obviously he said, you know, he admitted it like he he's not going to be Drew Holiday on defense. But I, I, I haven't really seen Drew Holiday jab step and drill a three in someone's face like Dame did last night uh, or drive to the rim and hit that, you know, circus and one layup that he did on that pick and roll with Giannis. Both of those plays, you know, those are vintage Damian Lillard plays. Um, and I think as long as, you know, Dame is trying on defense, the efforts there, I think with the, you know, the fortress that we have behind him, I think we can hide a lot of those deficiencies while, you know, making up and while he can make up for it on his own on the offensive end. So I, I personally think that the trade-off is worth it. And I think, you know, like again, like with Giannis, with Jay Crowder, with Brooke, with guys like that behind him, if he gets beat, you know, there's always going to be help. Whereas he hasn't really had that kind of rim protection in his career. 
So I just think, you know, it, it'll be easier for him to play defense because he's got those guys around him kind of covering it up for him. And then obviously he's never played with offensive guys of this caliber at all. Uh, best offensive player he's probably played with in his career was LaMarcus Aldridge. Uh, since then, maybe C.J. McCollum. Would Some people would argue that Middleton is already better than him. Uh, not to mention, you know, Giannis and Brooke. Like, this is easily the best collection of talent that Dame's ever played on, you know, besides all-star games. And uh, obviously, you know, I think defensively, that's definitely going to help him a lot. Yeah, and as they, you know, they build chemistry on both sides of the ball, defensive and offensive, they're going to build that chemistry and it's just going to, you know, become an actual unit rather than four or five elite guys out there playing basketball. And I think, you know, that's the thing that we're going to have to kind of just be patient with. It's going to take some time, but when it, you know, ultimately like hits its peak, it's going to be really, really hard to deal with. Uh, Hirsch, you told me that you had, uh, you know, specifically had some concerns with our big man rotation. Obviously we know Brooke Lopez and we know Giannis are like studs. We know Bobby Portis is always in contention for the sixth man. But after that, you know, we definitely have some question marks. Hurst, do you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, watching last night, uh, the minutes that Robin Lopez got, I mean, I don't want to dog on the guy. Uh, obviously, you know, he's Brooks' you know, uh, brother. Like, he's been on the Bucks before, but it just doesn't seem like at, at his age currently right now that he's able to necessarily play defense at, like, a competent level. Um, and, you know, offensively, he doesn't really provide much. So he's kind of there to just be like a, another shot blocker, and he he he's not necessarily able to move the same way that the other guys are. Uh, Thanasis, I would argue, is a little too small to play in that position. Um, and Jay Crowder is more of like a wing, you know, small forward, power forward type of guy, defensive stopper. Um, so I think you know, Brooke and Bobby are gonna have to stay healthy this year if uh, the Bucks want to have a solid defense coming off the bench especially in that backup center role, because, you know, we, we have, we have some guys that can play defense in the other positions, but you definitely need, you know, that anchor defensively in the paint. And I don't know, I don't necessarily know if Robin Lopez can do that. I mean, after what I saw last night, I had some serious concerns about the guy. Yeah. And I mean, I just think with Robin Lopez, he's more of just someone who's going to, you know, sit on your bench and, you know, just be there if, you know, one of our guys were to go down, but I don't really think he sees, you know, any legit minutes at all in the regular season or the playoffs if we're fully healthy. And I think that, you know, Adrian Griffin, I think that, you know, the Bucs in general are just confident with our three men or our three big men that we have, Giannis, Brooke, Bobby. I think those three are going to be, you know, a good enough rotation to get us to where we need to be considering we have a great guard play now. And, you know, we're still building up our wing play. We're going to touch on Marjan and what he could mean to this team this year, but just with everything that this team has, you know, turned into, I think that our rotation of bigs will, you know, suffice for now and it'll be, it'll, it'll work out. We obviously need to stay healthy. And I think that's the big thing. We've seen Brooke Lopez miss a year, but outside of that, he's been healthy. We've seen Bobby, you know, deal with injuries, but last year, but outside of that, he's been healthy. Giannis, we know what Giannis is. He got the knee surgery, you know, we're expecting him to have a monster year and, you know, stay healthy, play, you know, back up to that 70, 75 ish games that he usually plays. So I think that's, you know, the big thing with our big men rotations. Yeah. They need to stay healthy because we cannot afford any of them going down. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I definitely think it's going to be, it, it would be very tough for the box to recover. If we're to say, if, if Brooke or, you know, Bobby or Giannis were to go down. Um, 
why don't we take a quick ad break and uh, we'll wrap up our thoughts on the preseason so far, as well as, you know, touch on some of the role players that have stood out as well as, you know, the young guys. Welcome back to the Bucks and Six podcast. My name is Steven Dorf. Alongside me is Hershey Winkleman, as always, talking to you about your Milwaukee Bucks preseason. Uh, Hersh, we got to talk about some role players that really stood out. Obviously, you know, we just touched on Bobby Portis. You know, we know Pat Connington is, you know, always there for us. So we're not really going to talk about him as much. But let's talk about, you know, more of the new guys. Malik Beasley to start. Um, A lot of people were really, really excited when we were able to bring him in on the MLE. And I thought that it was a good signing as well. I think that he's going to be a Grayson Allen improvement. Uh, you know, he shot the ball really well and he shot it at high volume in the preseason so far. And, you know, when Chris Middleton comes back, it's only going to, you know, create more opportunity and not opportunity, but more space for opportunity for him. Um, and I think, you know, the big questions with him, and I know you're going to want to talk about this Hirsch is, you know, what is his, what is his impact going to be for us on the defensive side of the ball? Because Adrian Griffin came out and said that, you know, he wants Malik Beasley to be, you know, one of our defensive stoppers and have him guard one of the best, you know, guys on the other side of the court, game in, game out. Is that something that you're confident in Malik Beasley's ability? Yeah, I mean, personally, I would rather have, you know, Jay Crowder in that in that role in the starting lineup, but it doesn't seem like that's what's going to happen. Uh, so we can just touch on, you know, how Malik Beasley will fare, I guess. Uh, I agree with you offensively that, you know, him and Grayson are – pretty similar. I think Beasley's a little bit more athletic. I think Beasley's able to, you know, create a shot better than Grayson Allen is. Um, and defensively, I also think he's, he's just better defensively than Grayson. Uh, Grayson's kind of known as like a guy who's going to like chase you around. He's known as a chaser. So he's not going to give up around those like screens and he's, he'll chase. He'll make it annoying for you uh, on the defensive side. But Malik Beasley's a guy who really can actually stay in front of people. Uh, he's a little bit bigger than Grayson Allen as well, which would, you know, helps him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a, a backcourt of Malik Beasley and Damian Lillard isn't necessarily a defensive backcourt, but I think it could have success again with just the fact that we have a fortress behind them. So they really just have to run people off the line and play very tight defense on the perimeter. Uh, I, I, I think Malik Beasley will be fine. Uh, I'm, I'm happy with the pickup. Uh, like you mentioned, I think like a lot of people were. Uh, I think he's better than Grayson. I I think once we got Malik Beasley, it gave the front office a little bit more uh leeway to trade a guy like Grayson Allen because we we kind of had a, a replacement for him already on the team. Um, so I think that kind of maybe contributed to Grayson being moved as well. Um, but yeah, I think you know Beasley overall, I think he's definitely gonna help the roster a ton. And like you mentioned, you know, high volume shooter, he's a guy who can, he, he, he's a guy who can hit, you know, four or five threes in a playoff game. And that could be the deciding factor. So, you know, you always kind of want to have those flamethrowers like that on, on your team, uh, whether you be, I mean, any, any team likes those kind of guys. So I think he, yeah. he, he'll definitely help. Yeah. And I think with Malik Beasley, all we really need to expect out of him is for him to just be a plus defender and, you know, knock down threes at a high, at a high volume and a high rate. So, that's kind of my expectations with Malik Beasley. Uh, another guy I want to touch on who really impressed was campaign. I thought, you know, campaign has been known as one of the better backup point guards in the NBA. Just exciting. He, he's a lefty. He's, you know, that might throw off defenses, but 
uh, good shooter, good passer, knows how to run a backup unit. He's been doing it his whole career. He did it in Phoenix. You know, he played really well against, you know, us in the finals when we had to match up against him. Uh, Hirsch, are you excited about campaign on the box? Yeah. I mean, I think he provides a little something different, um, than, you know, Bucks backup point guards have recently. I mean, we've, we've gone through, you know, the era of, of Malcolm Brogdon and George Hill as our backup point guards. And then obviously, you know, the Javon Carter time that all those guys are, are more defensive oriented, whereas campaign is definitely more of an offensive oriented guard. Uh, it's interesting, you know, the Bucks are kind of switching up their uh, philosophy with their with their point guard play, uh, running or uh, acquiring in this offseason two extremely offensive minded point guards. I think, you know, it's definitely something different that we're going to see this year. Uh, but like you mentioned, you know, campaigns is just able to run an offense. He 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 can get his own shot. He can hit threes. Uh, he can hit floaters in the lane. He's very shifty, very quick. Uh, like you mentioned, good passer. Is seven assists, I believe, last night in 26 minutes. Like that's good playmaking right there. Um, and yeah, I mean, I could see you know him fitting in with you know some lineups with Giannis, even like I could see that working. Uh, reminds me kind of a little bit of like a young Brandon Jennings just in the way he plays. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think you know it's kind of, I think it, I think it's a plus for the team. I, I think he's a good backup point guard. I was really happy when we signed him, and I'm happy with what I've seen from him so far. So now, now my question to you though is obviously people have their concerns with Damian Lillard's defense, and then now you bring in a guy like Campaign who also is you know a fully offensive minded player. Do you think that that leaves us like handicapped at all at you know the guard position just in terms of defense? Obviously the offense is going to be there and then some, but defensively, do you could you see teams giving us problems, especially teams with like bigger guards? I mean, definitely. I think you know that could always be that's always going to be an issue, especially. You know, and any team Cameron Payne plays for, he's not going to be necessarily stopping anybody. Uh, that's not what his role is, though. I believe I, I, I just don't think he, he's necessarily on the court to get stops. Uh, you know, he's, he's quick, he's active. You know, he might get a couple steals here and there, but yeah, I mean, he's not, he's not good defensively. I mean, there's not really much else to say about it. He's just too small to necessarily be good at defense. Um, but you know, we just have to kind of rely on the other guys to, you know, pick it up, pick up the slack for him. I, yeah, I, mean, I mean, I mean, it, but it also makes it hard to play Dame and campaign in the same lineup as well. I mean, then, cause well, I don't think, yeah, I don't think we're going to see that like very much at all. You never know. I mean, Hey, with, with the type of versatility and with what, the, with the type of player Damian Lillard is, he's a guy who can be just as good off ball as he is with the ball in his hands. And then you have a guy like campaign who is also a creator. I think that, you know, the roster that we have has limitless potential with the rotations you can make in it with the guys that can play at this spot and then can, can play at a different spot with this guy and that guy. I think that the only concern I have is our defense. Cause I think offensively we are constructed to like dominate, but defensively is what I want to see us. You know, I, I want to see, can campaign also buy into the defensive philosophy that, you know, Damian Miller wants to buy into buy into that everyone else on this team is bought into. If he can buy into that philosophy, maybe he can be somewhat of an average defender for us, maybe throw him in lineups with Damian Lillard if we really want to take our offense to a new level. But campaign is definitely an interesting guy to have on the team. And I think it's an exciting, yeah, backup point guard that we haven't really seen the likes of on this on in Milwaukee Bucks basketball. Definitely. Um, I want to touch on Jay Crowder just a little bit. 
Um, I've kind of mentioned, you know, how I view Jay Crowder. I'm very high on the guy. Uh, I was very upset, you know, with Budenholzer and the fact that he didn't really play him last year down the stretch. I thought that was a huge mistake, especially because, you know, he's played on the heat before. He knows how Jimmy Butler played, yet he wouldn't, you know, put him on him. And Jay Crowder is like the kind of guy who's able to guard a guy like Jimmy Butler. I mean, he's the same. He's basically the same height, same size. And he, his only job out there should have been to just like guard Jimmy Butler and make his night annoying. Um, if I was Adrian Griffin, like I mentioned, I would probably start Jay Crowder and start a huge lineup of Dame, Middleton, Crowder, Giannis, and Brooke. Unfortunately, I don't think that's what's going to happen. Maybe to close games, though, I could see that lineup working in, in closing in closing games. I could see, excuse me, Jay Crowder uh, closing games in that lineup and Malik Beasley taking the bench. But what are, what are your kind of, because I haven't really heard your thoughts on Jay and where you want him to fit in. Uh, on this team and kind of you know do you see him more as like a bench guy like where do you see him not getting minutes do you see him being very important getting like 25 to 27 minutes a game like what 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 because he he has a wide range of different things that he could be on this team where, where do you see him kind of fitting in yeah I mean this team just has a lot of guys so I mean it's going to be tough for really any role player to carve out a legit role but with a guy like Jay Crowder a guy that we traded five second round picks to acquire you'd expect us to like be able to utilize him and i'd hope that we'd be able to utilize that otherwise we threw away five second round picks for nothing we've seen jay crowder be like effective as a role player as a defender as a shooter in the playoffs we've seen it we, we've seen it against us he he, play, he was on that sun's team with campaign making shots playing defense he's on the heat team yeah exactly he's been on good teams and he's played important roles so i don't see why he can't do the same for us I think he needs the opportunity. And I, I remember I talked about this a lot earlier on one of our earlier podcasts where we were, you know, in our playoff run where Jay Crowder didn't see the floor at all. And I, I was just confused. I was like, why do you have this guy and not use him? You're killing his confidence by not playing him as well. Cause you know, they talk about like NBA players are humans too, right? They need confidence to, you know, p- play their best. And Jay Crowder had none of that. He had it stripped from him because he gets 10, 15 minutes and then it gets taken away when he really wasn't the problem, I think it was, you know, a culture problem, but with Jay Crowder, I think that we should expect him to get, you know, a serviceable or a a decent role for this team. He needs to be serviceable for us. We need him to play defense. He's going to have to be our wing stopper. I mean, he's probably our best wing defender on the team outside of maybe, maybe Marjan, if he really, really lives up to the potential, but Jay Crowder right now is our most proven best wing defender. And we need him to be that for us. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm I'm super high on the guy. I really hope that Adrian Griffin uh, sees what I see in him. Obviously, you know, he's an NBA coach and I'm just a, a podcast co-host, so I'm not the one making the decisions. But uh, I, I really want to see, you know, Jay Crowder have a have a have a, you know, raised role in this team. Uh, looking, you know, towards the future, looking to some of the young guys. I know you're really high on, you know, a couple of these young guys. I think it's definitely, you know, a, a soft spot for you when it comes to, you know, Marjan Bochamp. It's like your favorite player. So maybe touched on, you know, how Marjan has looked this year. <laughs> and now, uh, Pat, now Pat Connington is my favorite buck. No, that's okay. Pat. Pat's the guy. Pat, and Pat, is- played, Pat played really well last night. I do want to mention uh, Pat's. Yeah, Pat's the man. Pat, that's why we're not really talking about him because we just know what we're going to get from him. Uh, he's very consistent, but. 
yeah, looking at this future, you know, we got a couple of young guys that have really shown, you know, flashes through their first couple of preseason games. I know you're super high on Marge. Like, talk about talk about what you think about these guys. I mean, yeah, it's just the idea of what Marjan could be in this lineup is just so, like, it's really exciting. I mean, because Marjan is, you know, I mean, when you watch him play, the defensive ability and, like, just the potential is just, it's oozing. Like, it's there. You see it. I mean, he's quick. He's strong. He's active. He hustles. He's bought in. So, I and I, I think, you know, Dame likes Marjan. Dame, like, just recently met him and is already talking about how much he, you know, likes his attitude and the way he approaches the game. Uh, you know, we've seen Marjan's second game in the preseason, you know, he's, he struggled to make shots, but in games one and three, he looked really effective. He looked efficient. He was making his shots. And I think with Marjan, the offense is going to be inconsistent, but if we can get elite defense out of the guy, that's all we really need out of him right now. And I think, again, he just needs to step into a bigger role this year. And I expect him to, you know, do that. I could maybe see him starting certain games just if we need that defensive edge, but I think the sky is the absolute limit with Marjan. And I think that, you know, we need to see him take on a bigger role this year. That that's kind of what I hope for Marjan. I mean, I definitely hope so too. Uh, I know you were clamoring for it last year, but nothing really came of that. I mean, we saw him a little bit to begin the year uh, getting some minutes, but then it kind of faltered out. Uh, I definitely would like to see him, you know, get some more minutes, especially considering, you know, he trained with Giannis all off season, you know, people were saying in practice, he's like winning the one-on-one, like the one-on-one games against Dame and Giannis and like Chris beating those guys in one-on-one. So, I mean, if he can just prove like to, to the coaching staff that, you know, he can be effective in real NBA minutes, like real games that matter. I think, you know, that that's, that's going to be kind of where he earns his role because I think, you know, we haven't really seen him in like an adverse scenario where, you know, five minutes left, the Bucs are down by five and Marshawn Bochamp's in the game and he has to hit a big shot, you know, to cut that lead down. Like we haven't really seen that from him yet, uh, but he hasn't really necessarily been in a position to hit that kind of shot as well. So I, I kind of want to see him, you know, be in those positions a little bit more uh, just so he can, you know, have that kind of experience. Uh, you know, Andre, we, you know, we have a couple promising rookies as well for this year, Andre Jackson and Chris Livingston. Uh, not much to say on Chris. He's just, you know, a, a guy that maybe look look forward to uh, developing. Yeah, Chris, I think he's going to play yeah, very Chris much. Super, year. super athletic. Chris, I mean, he hasn't really played much. I mean, he had an ankle injury, couldn't play one of our preseason games, didn't really play much yesterday because, you know, we got, we wanted to see what the starters looked like. But Chris Livingston, all we really know on him right now is that dude is athletic and just someone to kind of keep your eye on. But yeah, Andre Jackson, Hirsch, tell us about Andre Jackson. Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, his, his just athleticism kind of jumps off right at you right away. Um, you know, defensively, I think, you know, he's shown in the preseason at least that he can guard elite players in this league. I mean, we've seen him one-on-one lock down DeMar DeRozan for a couple possessions in that first game. Uh, didn't really see it last night, but we saw a lot of, you know, good defense on some of the some of the Lakers young guys as well. You know, he's able to, you know, jump out the gym. I mean, he can he can dunk with the best of them. Might see him in, you know, possibly a dunk contest here or there in the coming years. Uh, just because, you know, they like those explosive guys. But I think the main question is, do you think that Andre Jackson is able to carve out like a legitimate role? Or do you think it's going to be kind of like last year where he's like Marjan and he only gets like 10 minutes a game at the most 
So, yeah, I mean, the thing is this year, it's, we don't really know what to expect. Like he totally could eventually like could carve out a role this year and, you know, get important minutes for us. This is a totally new system, right? We're used to bud system where it's like you draft a guy, that guy has to sit for three years before he touches the court. So we're, it's going to be, you know, we expect it to be something completely different. And, you know, with that difference, hopefully Andre Jackson is able to, you know, do something this year, make some strides. I think that the potential is there. I mean, yeah, you like his defensive movement looks like different, man. Like the way he's able to just like, just like stay with guys. He's strong. He's tall. He seems like someone who can like fully guard like a one through four at just in on any team in any scenario. And that's the type of guy that I want on my team. I just think he's, yeah, he's just going to have to get better on offense. And that's going to be really the big thing with Andre Jackson is can he kind of find that shot and just that offensive game. Yeah, I think that definitely is the big question because, I mean, we've seen guys like that or guys like that that are, you know, great defensively, very athletic, but just can never really put the shot together. Um, You know, I think the best example of that would be a guy like Michael Kidd-Gilchrist who came into the league very, you know, defensive-oriented, athletic, and never could really put, like, the offensive game together to, you know, be a viable NBA player. Um. I think that's, you know, the main worry and concern with Andre Jackson. But on a team with, you know, a top three shooter ever, probably, and Damian Lillard, and on a team with uh with Giannis, who's just shown that to like work that working hard, you can completely transform your game and go from a guy who is was unknown to a two-time MVP. I mean, the kind of the kind of character that the Bucks have on this roster. Uh, the kind of work ethic, you know, the kind of chemistry that these guys, these guys love playing with each other. I think it's just a great culture, great, you know, melting pot of, you know, players that can all grow together, really, I think. And I think that's what we're going to see. Um, do you let me ask you this before we before we wrap it up? Uh, I think the Bucks have two more preseason games before their season opener. Uh, do you expect, you know, Giannis and Dame to take the floor in those games and do you expect to see more from them or less from them, you know, kind of going forward in the rest to wrap up the preseason? Uh, you know, as we get closer to the season, I'd expect them to kind of, you know, ramp up, not necessarily ramp up the minutes, but, you know, just to, you want them to kind of know what they're, you know, capable of going into the regular season. And you obviously throughout the regular season, I think that we're going to see a lot of ups and downs just trying to build the chemistry, but you know, that all starts in the preseason too. It started uh, last night with that game. So I think, yeah, we got to see more of Giannis and Dame playing together because the more they play together, the better they're going to get as a duo. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm with you on that. I think the I think that Giannis and Dame should be playing significant minutes uh, in these last two. Not Maybe not 30 minutes, but, I mean, Giannis only played 15 minutes last night. I would like to see him, you know, play a little bit more than that. I mean, obviously you don't want these guys to get hurt before the season starts, but you do want to see that chemistry that start that these guys start to gel uh, and Dame's not really going to be able to get that if Giannis isn't on the court with him, because obviously those are the pillars of the team. They need to be playing together. They're going to be playing together all through the season. Uh, and we don't want to start slow. I mean, we might, but you don't really want to, you kind of want to have these guys work right away, especially because, you know, we don't necessarily have like a five-year window to get, win championships at this point. Um, so yeah, I think, you know, we definitely need these guys to, you know, gel that chemistry to grow. I think it will, though. Like I mentioned, you know, I think the culture with these guys, with the coaching staff, the front office, I think everyone's super happy. I think, you know, the the energy is very good around Milwaukee Bucks right now. 
Uh, and I think, you know, it's something definitely to be excited about going forward. Absolutely. I think that's going to be it for today's episode of the Bucks and the Six podcast. Uh, make sure to leave a like, download, subscribe, and follow us on both Twitter and Instagram at Bucks and Six FFSN. I'm Hershey Winkleman. He's Steven Dork. And let's go Bucks. <laughs>